0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 273rd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Will.
1: Yes, and uh, Pokemon Go is ruining my life, so I'm going to have to retire.
0: Retire from Pokemon Go or retire from work to play Pokemon Uh, Go? All
1: of it. I'm going to retire from society and go live in a cave where no Pokemon can come and find me.
2: Okay. Travis is also here, not living in a cave. I'm going to try something new this week, and that's uh, don't announce a new podcast at the end of the episode, because gosh, I have too many now. All right.
0: We'll hold you to that. You might change your mind midway Mm -hmm. through.
2: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Hey, hey, guys, I just got a DM. I'm starting a new podcast. It's about... Looks around the room. Uh, keyboards. <laughs> All right. I don't think that market's been taken. I think you could <laughs> dominate that
0: market.
1: <laughs> it's, the, it's the Moog cast. Like Moogles? Moog cast. Moog. It's a famous brand of keyboard. Korg oh, cast. Okay, Korg. It's the Korg cast.
2: You're, you're thinking the instrument. I was doing a joke about looking at what's in front of me in a computer keyboard. Hmm. I'm not, I'm Why not don't you do about... a
1: podcast where you say a random ambiguous word and then find out what people actually thought you were talking
0: about? <laughs> we got a sh- <laughs> we got a show for you guys today. We have some Pokemon news regarding the mostly Pokemon Go, but we have some recap of the VGC and the TCG US International Championships. I don't. I think that's what they call it now. Something like that. And then we have some emails and our Pokemon of the week. So that's going to be our show. There was quite a bunch of Twitter and Slack replies regarding to the Lieutenant Surge thing. The consensus seems to be that one of the NPCs in the gym tells you that the second switch is always next to the first switch.
1: That's uh, incorrect. The consensus is Jackie Brown is actually Quentin Tarantino's best film, but we all agree with Travis that Quentin Tarantino is an overrated director.
2: I'd kind of forgotten about Jackie Brown when I was saying what ones I like because it's so not Tarantino.
1: There you go. The exception that proves the rule.
2: (laughs) I
0: like Jackie Brown. Good. Let's jump into some Pokemon news. First bit of news here is off Bulbapedia. Mew- Movie 20 Pokemon codes to be available at 7-Eleven in Japan. Serial codes to attain Mew and three Pokemon owned by the trainers from Pokemon the Movie 2000, I Choose You, are available at 7-Eleven stores in Japan currently. These codes can be redeemed in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, This Mew will be level 50, and the original trainer will be 20th star. You can also get Ashes Charizard at level 40, Sujuri's Lucario at level 40, And Mokado's Piplup at level 30. I wonder if that's a spoiler for the movie, if we're going to see Lucario Piplup.
1: I think they were in the trailer. Uh,
0: Okay. To obtain these codes, players need to go to the 7-Eleven store, collect the virtual stamps using 7-Spot. In the respective events durations, players can obtain one stamp per store per day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. If a player has two stamps, they can obtain a code for a Pokemon. Each serial code requires a player to collect two stamps. So they will need eight stamps to obtain all four Pokemon.
2: And in other news, you can get Soylent at Seven Eleven in California. That statement is the most uninteresting thing. I, I just don't. <laughs> I don't have anything to say. You can buy a gray paste that tastes like nothing, and like in seven. This the most. Bo- I can't imagine a more boring s- statement. I don't know how to make this fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> Happy birthday, Pokemon Go.
0: (laughs) Trainers, it's hard to believe that Pokemon Go launched. Oh, this is off Niantic's blog, by the way. Hard to believe Pokemon Go launched a year ago. What an amazing year it's been. Since joining us last July, you've demonstrated the true power of Pokemon Go in augmented reality gaming by searching for Pokemon in the real world, exploring on foot, building new friendships, and discovering new places right in your own neighborhood. Throughout this incredible journey, you've caught over 125 billion Pokemon and caught and made countless memories along the way. But there are still more adventures to come. Just a few weeks ago, the one-year anniversary kicked off with a bang. You and millions of other trainers went outside to battle in the revamped gym and participate in raid battles with family and friends for the first time. But this was only a beginning of of an action-packed couple of months. The celebration continues with a special Pikachu wearing a familiar hat. Appearing all over the world, from July 6th to July 24th, Pikachu Discovered in the Wild will be wearing Ash's famous hat from the Pokemon animated series, so make sure you don't miss out on your opportunity to catch one. You will also be able to stock up for raid battles and events with a special limited time anniversary box that will include incubators, max revives, ultra balls, and raid passes at a discount in the in-game shop. Stay tuned for more exciting news over the coming weeks, including additional information on Pokemon Go Fest this July, and events hosted at select Uniball Ronamako locations this August and September in Europe, and Pokemon Go events at the Pikachu Outbreak in Yokohama, Japan this August. Sincerely, the Pokemon Go team. Ah, So there's a bit of news to go with this, but... The Ash Hat Pikachu, I think, is a nice touch.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen any of those. I saw your drama about the... Whatever it was, like the shadow or whatever, and then it turned out to be an Ash Hat Pikachu, or a Pikachu wearing an Ash Hat, something like that. Yeah, but
0: several hours later.
1: (laughs) Well, you saw I retweeted the Pokemon Go account where they said they were having problems with launching their event.
0: Yeah, I retweeted that too. So the Pikachu... Hat, the hat Pikachu should have went live at 3 p.m. Central Time. So when I so when they tweeted that it was I think around 4 p.m. Central Time that hey we're having issues with Ash Hat Pikachu. So I didn't leave work until six, and I can see three gyms for my work, and one of them had an open spot for Mystic. So I left work to go to that gym. It's like six o'clock. So I go over to the gym. I put a Pokemon there, and then I put. Po- from that gym, I can see another four more gyms. So I pulled up my... So I looked around to see if there was any more gyms. I'm to the point now where I don't care too much about battling. Like, I like it. I think it's better than the old gym system. But I'm not going to sit there solo and battle six Pokemon just to put one Pokemon there.
2: Like, if I'm going to battle at a gym... that how Pokemon Go works, though, you're like, Oh, there's there's a gym next to me where I can put a Pokemon. And then you do it, and by the time you get there... Then you see the 12 other Pokestops that are, oh, I'll just go there. They're just a block away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Totally. Once you get there, you realize, oh, there's like 20 gyms just around the corner. And all of a sudden you're in, you're in like, you're in like two towns over.
0: Yeah, that's, that's totally accurate and happens to me quite frequently. (laughs) When I was looking at the other gyms to see if there were spots back at my work, I saw the silhouette of Pikachu and I already have Pikachu. I have a lot of Pokemon. If you play Pokemon Go and you see a silhouette, that means you don't have it. So I was assuming, oh, that must be Ash Hat Pikachu, since I have Pikachu, I have Pichu, I have Raichu. So I drove back over to my work, and I encountered it, and it was just a regular Pikachu. And I thought to myself, that's a bummer. And that also doesn't make sense of why it was a silhouette. And some people on Twitter was like, oh, well, maybe it was a ditto. That doesn't also that doesn't make sense. One, because Ditto is usually Rata or Pidgey. And two, I have Ditto, so that still doesn't make sense. So I, I caught the Pikachu and went on my way. Because why would I not catch a Pikachu? They want you to catch like 200 Pikachus or something for that Pikachu catcher medal. So I went home, and then I checked the stats of the Pikachu just because I was looking to see if it was breathtaking or not, and it wasn't. Then Micah texted me... Later that night, he texted me around 10 p.m. and said, hey, I haven't caught any Ash Hat Pikachus. Do you want to go out tonight? I said, sure. And I looked at, I went through. That is so romantic.
1: (laughs) Wow. I wish a guy would ask me out like that.
0: It It was a beautiful text message conversation. I went back through my Pokemon, and I noticed that that Pikachu I caught earlier became an Ash Hat Pikachu. So everything was right in the world. And then we went out, and we caught more Ash Hat Pikachus. So the thing here that I I did notice, and I could be wrong, I'm, I'm not wrong often, as as we've learned from this podcast, but I remember during the Santa hat Pikachu and the birthday hat Pikachu that there was a possibility that not all Pikachus had hats. From what I remember, for Ash hat Pikachu, I, it's the opposite. I haven't found a Pikachu without a hat. So I don't know if that's true no, or
1: not. I haven't seen any Pikachus here at all. Um... The current Washington DC nearby report is uh, Murkrow,
0: SunKern.
1: Real excited for that. Oh, I need Magic like one carp. more
0: SunKern to get Sunflora.
1: Spinarak, Magikarp, Spinarak, Murkrow, Hoot Hoot, and SunKern. Come visit you me. Two we got we got SunKern out the
0: Wazoo. I'd be running out there to get those. I, I'm also like 50 candies away from Gyarados.
1: Oh yeah, I got fountains all over the place here, and there's ma- always Magikarp in the fountains. One of the gyms that I can see from my house has a Magikarp as the one that's on top of the gym, whatever title you give Oh, that's at. fun. It's at the children's playground.
2: <laughs> that's cool. It's sort of like a Magikarp jump crossover. I can, I can get behind that. <laughs> there's a...
1: And then there there's three
0: raids going on around me right now. I would love if at my house I could see gyms going on but I can't. (laughs) Man, that is so cool. I have a better story. It's not really that great of a story. I went to my local mall. There was not only a Mr. Mime in the gym, which is exclusive to Europe, but there was also a Kangaskhan in the gym, which is exclusive towards Australia. And I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, I've also seen gyms where all the gyms are different EVs, and I've seen gyms where... It's nothing but birds. I saw a gym that was like a knocked owl and a Zatu and a Pidgey. So I think that's fun because it's a sky battle gym. <laughs> I think that's, that's fun because if you really wanted to take out a gym, it doesn't matter what the CP values in the gym are, whether it's the gym is 1500 CP or 2800 CP, it's still doable to solo that gym if you're. If you're around like level 20, 25, 26, you can still solo the gym. It might take you a while and you might go through a lot of potions and revise to do it. But it's still obtainable. So I do think it's fun that people are putting unique, not unique, but different Pokemon. It's not every gym as Chansey, Snorlax, Gyarados, uh, Rhydon. I mean, you, you do still see some of that, but it is really fun, I think, to see. Oh, look, cool. Mr. Mime is in this gym or Ampharos is in this gym. I haven't seen
2: Ampharos yet. or Kingscan or something like that. So the West Michigan middle of nowhere report. The nearby, you got a Spiro, you got a Ooh, something else just popped up a Spiro, a Lediba, a Merrill, and then just a picture where the model hasn't loaded in. Oh a Nidoran, male or female? Male.
1: Yeah, I got I got Nidoran male uh, every day on my walk
2: with Iris. Have we talked on this show? Like, what is a Nidoran supposed to be? Huh? Like, is it not like a a rabbit? Yeah, but then, like, what is. But then, what are, like, Nitto King and Queen then? Because, like. Big rabbits. <laughs> they sure aren't bunnies. Is theres like, there. Is there th- uh, they're like rabbits that turn into dinosaurs, and I don't get it.
0: Is there a creature in mytho- myth- mythology? Because you know how horses have horns, and then they're unicorns, and yeah. then whales have horns, and then they're
2: narwhals? You're asking if Nidoran is a jackalope? Oh, yeah.
0: But I don't. Is that that could be right?
2: No, I don't think it's a jackalope because jackalope aren't jackalopes a a very uniquely like, uh, North American mythical creature? Yes. I want a jackalope Pokemon now.
0: I'm gonna pull up Bulbapedia here.
1: I already did. Ain't nothing there. No answers. It's a mix of a porcupine, a rabbit, mouse, and hamster.
0: That's a
2: real stretch right there. It's quite an amalgam.
1: (laughs) Toss that all in the blender,
0: you get a And that's a why poison it's poison bunny.
2: type. It's just like, you mix that number of things together, you're probably going to get something gross. For King. it says that King
0: shares traits with a rhinoceros, a gorilla, a rabbit, and a porcupine.
2: Where's the gorilla in that
0: mix? Maybe the arms? It's like broad shoulders. I think that's much of a stretch. Well, that, that was your mini Pokemon of the week. Let's talk about the Pokemon Fest in Grant Park here. We have a couple more details. These are bullet points. They could or could not be accurate, but I'll just run run through them real quick. This is off the Chicago Tribune. Permit says, the application says 15,000 to 20,000 attendees are expected to be at the event, which is planned for Grant Park Butler Field and the neighboring North Rose Garden. A spokesman for Niantic declined to comment on the number of attendees. Each team lounge will have several 60-inch TV monitors, and each will be accompanied by a team gym, a site where players can compete against other Pokemon. The Petrillo Music Shell will serve as an event main stage and will feature an, quote, ultimate gym. We could stop there and say this is this is where they're going to have Mewtwo, right? I think they're going to deliver Probably. on the premise of the, of the uh, announcement trailer. Yeah. The CEO of Nantic already said we're going to get legendaries this summer. There are four, five, well, five, five legendaries in Generation 1. Mew, Mewtwo, Zapdos, Articuna, Moltres. I would find it odd that they would do more than one. I feel like this event is a, here's your one legendary and if they're going to pick one Legendary, I would assume it has to be Mewtwo, because it would be really odd if they just picked, like, Articuno for some reason, and then people on Team Valor and people on Team Instinct would be kind of upset that it's not what there. if it were Mew? Yeah, I guess it could be Mew.
2: But I... Or the Legendary Pokemon Arcanine. <laughs> We told you it was going to be a legendary summer. Here's the legendary Pokemon Arcanine. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, all of the... Or it could be any Gen 2 legendary as well.
1: That's true, because they have released the Gen 2 Pokemons. Hmm. I, I mean, I imagine it. it's, it's going to be like something really big.
2: Mewtwo, I feel like, is the talking point, though. You're probably right. I'm just playing uh, the devil's advocate a little bit.
1: I'm not sure what you mean by talking point.
0: I would say if like, you only know Generation 1 Pokemon... I guarantee out of all the Pokemon names you've heard, which is probably Charizard, Pikachu, Meowth, Squirtle, Mewtwo is in that conversation.
1: Yeah, and nobody's seen Mewtwo yet, so...
0: Organizers have requested Jackson Drive, which runs between Butler Field and the North Rose Garden, to be closed between Columbus and Lakeshore Drives. The map shows Jackson being the home to the event's food court. Although our organizers have received permission to sell alcohol the neantic spokesperson said it will not be sold at the event clusters of wi-fi hotspots will be scattered around the park important because the game requires constant internet access to function will you got anything to comment on your wi-fi solution
1: isn't isn't that exactly what i said was going to happen yeah yeah
0: that's why (laughs) that's why
1: (laughs) (laughs) they just proved me
0: right they did they did this is probably the most important fact on here. So turn up your radio. A total of sixty-six portable restrooms are shown on the site map. Not sixty-five. Not sixty-seven. Sixty-six portable restrooms. Wait, 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 wait.
1: Sixty-six porta potties. Let's let's use the name that people are going to recognize. They're not, <laughs> there's not. There's no no rest nor room nor room in in any of these things. I have no idea, Steve, how you're going to survive. I'm sure you'll find like a Starbucks or something. Anyways, 66 for 12,000 people? 15,000 people? Yeah. Or 15 to 20,000 people? Here's... <laughs>
2: here's,
0: here's a tip I found on Reddit, which I might actually take. There is the... Oh, this is going
2: to be bad. Bring I can already Bring
0: tell.
1: a coffee can, a classic Maxwell House oh, coffee can no. with
2: a
0: plastic lid. Uh, Here's what's possibly going to happen (laughs) for me. Pokemon Go Fest is right next to the Chicago Art Museum, and I I
2: knew it was going to be bad. I like I heard. You realize how many like sweaty Pokemans are going to be walking into the art museum? Like, hey, I don't care about your art, but can I? No,
1: no, incorrect, incorrect, because unlike. Uh, the Smithsonian Museums of Washington, D.C. Did you know the rest of the country charge people to go in to museums? Yes. Yeah, how cheap is that? Because I live in art the rest free. of the country. Art is free. Art is for the people. i I, well, I've I mean, most, out...
2: most museums, you can use their restroom for free. Well, no, no, like, no, The no, same no, way no. they let you this go is... to the gift shop for free.
1: Uh-uh. Steve's going to buy a day pass for the art museum. I was, yeah. And the... he's going to go into the glorious, clean bathroom oh, that all them Pokemon so like Go it. cheapies who already spent $400 on a ticket to go stand in Grant Park and get a sunburn aren't going to pay- spend 10 more dollars to go and
0: pee in the art museum. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. I was, I was going to buy a pass for the museum. <laughs>
2: This is the worst thing that's ever happened on this show. This is so real. How this is
1: this? This is so how steep. Is this?
2: <laughs> this is so real. How is this? The, the, how, how is this bad? I will tell you I'm, how this is I'm bad. I'm putting money because into the economy. Like, no, it's not It's not the utilitarian effect of your actions. It's the, like, deontological, like, Uh, uh, it, it's the intent that matters here, like, you d- you care so much more about Pokémon than this art that the o- like that you're going to pay money to the art museum just to use the bathroom because the other incorrect. things happening yeah, around yeah, the museum are so much more no,
1: interesting. No no no. No no no. This is incorrect. Pokémon is completely incidental to this. Steve cares about a clean bathroom and a <laughs> place to wash his hands yeah. <laughs> more, more than, than anything. <laughs> Anything. I, I am shocked. More than shocked. beauty. <laughs> it, the, art, the art will exist whether he pays for it or not. I am shocked <sighs> that Steve will use a rest stop on the side of the highway and not, like some people I know, find a hotel that is near the highway to use their restrooms.
2: To find the platonic ideal of a sink. <laughs> There's something
0: comforting <laughs> using a clean bathroom.
2: <laughs> Yeah, no one is denying that. No one is saying, like, I'm not over here saying, like, you know what? I love dirty bathrooms. Like, no one is saying that. But what we're saying- You know saying... what I
1: love? Dirty bathrooms. Because you know what? They're not crowded. <laughs> you get right in. Uh,
2: all, I, all I'm saying, your dedication to a, like, to, like, spotless porcelain <laughs> is unfathomable.
0: You're telling me- that if you had a choice between a porta potty that has been sitting in the sun all day, cooking whatever's in
2: there, ten to fifteen dollars, and paying for a, ten dollars to urinate, toilet. yeah, I would. T- I would totally prefer like not having to pay to do the thing my body needs to do without my permission. <laughs> <laughs> I'm L- not going to pay. You- to just be a slave to my own body's requirements.
1: <laughs> let, let me give you a different perspective. I, I want each of you to run a marathon. No, nope. no, I'm then not. Then no. what you'll find out is what a beautiful, golden, holy monument the Portageon is.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's there
0: when you need get, it. Can we get sidetracked <laughs> real quick? Do all marathon r- runners, <laughs> as
2: if we're not already.
0: No, we're talking we're talking about how important the bathroom situation at Pokemon Go is, which is important. Do all marathon yeah. runners have a bathroom problem, or is it just like fifty percent of them?
1: No. Okay. What? No, no,
2: like, no. If
0: you, know you plan marathons properly, take like a long
2: time to finish, right? Yeah, but like well, I can hold I can drink a hours. lot of water. I
0: cannot not go to the bathroom for eight hours if I was like yeah, sleeping. But not but when you, you're running you, a marathon you, you and, and like ingesting eat. all this water.
1: But here's the thing. If you plan properly, you can do the whole marathon without going to the bathroom. Guess what? Hey, hey, number one life hack tip for all you kids out there, Imodium is not a banned drug for athletes. So you can shut it down a couple of hours before. And here, you know what? I recommend Pokemon Go Fest. Maybe indulge oh, in the Imodium. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> So... This is going you way beyond save spending ten the for, for an art museum to- toilet.
1: I'm just saying, I, and this is not any issue that I've had because I I plan right for the marathon, so that's not an issue. But if, can we do a service community? Are there other locations besides the art museum that people might be able to target?
0: Uh, we we can we can address that next week. I'll I'll I'll, I'll, right. I'll do, do some I'll scope it out, and I'll get people the details next week. Pokemon Go Fest organizers requested and received permission to have inflatable, inflatables on site. What they might be is unclear, but a Pikachu photo app is on the map near the Petrol Music shell. I'm assuming it's going to be a giant blow of Pikachu. They bring it everywhere. Organizers didn't request permission to install any kinds of rides, lifts, or climbing walls, nor petting zoos or pyrotechnics. All check boxes on the park district's permit application. So there you go. No, no climbing walls. Here's the question: Have they,
1: um, have they applied for permission to put pokey stops in that park? Because I know if
0: it was Milwaukee, they'd get into a heck of a <laughs> lot of trouble. Um, I don't know, but I do know. What I do know is... I'm pretty
2: sure the city of Chicago knows what's going to go down. Like, I don't think anyone is going to (laughs) be blindsided
0: by this. I'm I'm pretty sure the city of Chicago is loving this because of how much revenue they're going to bring to this area. I do know, though, that on the same day the Hat Pikachu started, I noticed a new gym near my work, and I saw on Twitter and in Slack that people were saying new Pokestops and gyms were were in... Areas they visited frequently, so maybe these these stops have already been added, or maybe I'm well, obviously Neantic has the ability to add or remove stops instantly, so there is a a map of where stops are going to be, and it looks like there are one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen 11, 12, 13 stops in the reserved area, not including gyms. but that, that's that's not 100 percent final. The last bullet point is the park district permit cost organizers $50,000 according to the application. Details about the event could change, uh, but the permission, the permit application dates, uh, was established in March and was last modified on June 14th. $50,000 for this event. I think the, upsetting thing for Pokemon Go players this week was the Pokemon Go anniversary event box. For the anniversary, we got the Hat, hat Ash Pikachu, and there are some people that like that and some people that don't. I'm in, the, I'm in the camp that I like this because it lets you find a Pokemon in the wild that you don't have, and it just happens to be Pikachu. But regardless of what Pokemon it is, if they ever did like a Squirtle with glasses or a Crystal Onyx, only a couple people might get that reference if they're old-time anime watchers. To me, that's still exciting because I still get excited when I discover a Pokemon I don't have. And that's pretty rare at this point because most of the Pokemon I need are Pokemon that you can't find in the wild, like Blossom or Porygon 2. So to stumble upon a Pokemon and go, oh, I don't have that. That's what I've been looking for. It just happens to be Pikachu with a Ash hat. I'm down with that. I think a lot of people forgot that we just got a gym revamp and we just got raids two weeks ago. And that was a start to this anniversary. When you see people going, well, this is a really lame anniversary event. You can't just look at Ash hat Pikachu. It's, It's more than that. Now, if we're going to talk disappointing, I will agree and I will be an advocate for how disappointing this sale box is as somebody who is very comfortable with spending money in Pokemon Go or other games because I'm an adult with a job and I don't mind spending money if it gets me some kind of enjoyment. The box they're selling is 12,000 Pokecoins or sorry, 1,200 Pokecoins would be one, (laughs) one expensive box. $12 $12 in, in US money, it includes six egg incubators, two premium raid passes, six Mac, max revives, and 20 ultra balls. What you can actually buy from this separately is a premium raid pass, they're 100 coins each, so they're a dollar, you get two of these in the box, so we're at $2, six egg incubators, this is something that I planned on buying quite a bit of before Pokemon Go Fest, because at Pokemon Go Fest, and I I think in other areas they haven't exactly said. They did say that they will be giving out special 2K eggs throughout the day that can hatch. Who knows what? I'm ass- I'm ass- I'm hoping that those hatch like the Heracrosses crosses and the corselos and the Farfetches and all the Pokemon not available uh, in the United States. That's that's my hope at least. Those egg incubators are are 100 100- 150 Pokemon coins or so dollar fifty. They're giving you six of those. So that's $9, so we're up to $11 here. They're giving you 6 max revives, which I think everyone would agree probably the most worthless item in the box. It's 180 coins, so $1.80, and they're giving you 20 ultra balls which is unbuyable, but if you look at Pokéballs, you can get 20 Pokéballs for a dollar, $1, or 100 Pokéballs for $4.60. Either way, if you do all the math, this box adds up, if you were to buy it without the sale, to 1,280 Pokecoins. So the sale, the quote-unquote sale is 80 cents
2: off plus 20 Ultra Balls, and that's not much of a sale. With a bunch of other stuff, like you probably don't even need like the revives. Right, yeah, you don't need the revives.
0: The premium raid passes are nice. The egg incubators are nice. The Ultra Balls are nice, but you also get them for free just by going to stops it's not they're not terribly hard to get. You also get a lot of ultra balls when you level up, like I just hit level twenty nine and I think it gave me ten or twenty ultra balls just for leveling up. It's just a real bummer of a sale, <laughs> unlike the Christmas and new year's sale they they had they had multiple boxes with most sales. obviously, the more money you spend, the better the deal is, but just just for reference here, I'll I'll point out the Pokémon Christmas Go event. So they had what is what was called an Ultra Box, which was 1500 coins, so $15. You got 20 Ultra Balls, 6 egg incubators and 25 incense. And 25 incense was 1250 Pokémon coins, plus the 6 egg incubators which was 900 Pokémon coins. So you're saving you're saving, about 600, you're saving about six hundred. You're saving about six dollars there, if I did my math right. Plus, you're getting twenty ultra balls for free. Now that's a deal. Now, it might not be the best deal, but it's a better deal than saving eighty cents. The New Year's sale, the gold pokebox that you could buy was—I'm going to round up twenty coins here—was twenty-five hundred coins. You're getting fifty great balls, which is unbuyable. Twenty-five incense. 25 Lucky Eggs, and 16 Lure Modules. 16 Lure Modules is about $14. 25 Lucky Eggs is about $12. And 50 Great Balls are unbuyable. So you're saving some money there, too. You're saving, I think, about another $6 or $7 there, too. When you put on paper that a player is saving about $5, and then you look at the sale and you're not even saving a dollar, I mean, that's, that's night and day of how good the sale actually is. So it's a little bit disappointing that this is an opportunity to give Pokemon Go money to celebrate well you and there's there's debate whether you should or should not give money. But if you're willing to buy stuff and you're told there's a sale coming up and you're like okay, I've been playing this game for a year, I'll give them a couple bucks because look at how much value I got for a year or I'm going to give them money because I've always been giving them money. This is just A huge letdown.
1: I mean, I agree 100%. You're not the first person I've seen complain about this.
0: Who was?
1: (laughs) Was that an actual question of who was the first person I saw?
2: I just thought it it would be funny if I asked that. I don't really care.
1: It it was somebody in England because they were complaining that it was 14
2: pounds. Now, is that pounds sterling? I have no idea. Wait, what's the... (laughs) This is going... There's no difference. It's just sterling is the, ooh, let's see if I actually know this. I believe sterling is just the term for the currency itself, and pounds is the term for just, like, the the bill. So, like, we don't really have an equivalent in the U.S., but it would be, like, you know how if we say, like, if we're talking about the currency, we would say U.S. dollars? Mm-hmm. And then if we were just gonna say how much something costs, we would say, like, it's $10, I, like... In in Britain they have a, uh, ugh, it's, I might be wrong but I think the way it works in the UK is the currency as a whole is called sterling and pounds and pence I think are the like terms for the the different um, denominations that make up the currency sterling I'm probably so wrong I have I have a question hopefully it doesn't go too off the rails. Okay.
0: Britain uses pounds, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the United Kingdom uses okay. pounds. Okay. Sure, we don't need We, we already we, did that we've on had that, We've had that mess of a conversation, and there was... I think it was Al in Slack sent me a pretty great video that... I could be wrong. I apologize. We have a lot of people from the United Kingdom in Slack, and they're all really great. And they tried to sum it up, but it gave me more questions than it did answers like i understood the video but it whew,
2: doesn't the rest of europe use euros yeah so the correct. uk is is an interesting exception um so even though well for a little while the uk is 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 in the european union i believe when it entered the european union it from the start had the stipulation that it wasn't going to play this game of, of using that is correct. this centralized uh, um, European currency, the euro. And sort of an exception was made for the United Kingdom that they got to keep their uh, native currency. So
0: if I go which, to Europe to get myself a Mr. Mime, which is just a hypothetical, that's not going to happen. And I go to like France first and I have all these euros and then I go over to Britain because because it's just a uh, right over the right over the the pond. I don't know what they you call go, it.
1: You you go through you go through the channel. Uh, it's called the channel. So
0: I go through the channel. I get to Britain, and all I have now is euros. Do they take that?
1: But you have to convert them like any currency exchange.
0: And then when I go back, like I want to hit up Germany on my way back, I have to convert it again, right?
1: Yeah, you have really planned your trip very poorly. <laughs> because you're like literally crossing a body of water and then crossing the same body of water.
2: I'm just I'm just getting start, it clear. I start seem to have been in London. I seem to have been wrong about my previous guess of what the sterling and pound sterling means. Apparently it's just called pound sterling and it's just it's just what it's called okay. and I was wrong about my previous guess. <laughs>
0: All right. I have an interview here with uh Neantic and John Hankey about The first year of Pokemon Go and what's coming next. This is off The Verge. I won't go through the entire interview. You can go to theverge.com to read that. Now that you're coming up on the one year anniversary, how do you feel about the state of the game and where you want it to be? So Niantic, I'll just say Niantic says, uh, well, it's been a great year. We've been incredibly grateful for everything that that has happened. We've gotten ourselves into a position where we're able to put a lot more resources onto the team over the past year. We are careful in hiring people. So we've ramped up over the course of the year. But finally seeing the fruits of that, fruits that in the gym and raid release, which we'll get to in the near, which gets things that are near and dear to our heart, like cooperative social gameplay, things that pull people together outside. So we are really happy with the initial phase of this that release. We're super excited about how that's going to interact with the events we've lined up for the duration of the summer in Chicago, Yokohama, and Europe. It's been great to get that release out there and fix some aspects of the gyms that were bugging us that we didn't really like, but we had to leave things when we shipped the product. But we're really happy with the release in June, and we're glad to see a positive response. It has been really energizing to the player base, and I, th- I think that we'll do even more so in June and July as the events take part. When you look back over the last 12 months, are there things you would have done differently that changed... Differently with the perspective you had now, Niantic said, we have delayed the ability to get things like gyms and raids and we haven't gotten to our player versus player and some other things that we thought we'd be able to do pretty shortly after launch, but we only had so much money and said, well, not anymore, guys. And we were doing that. We were doing what we thought were was reasonable. What about in terms of communication? Do you wish you hadn't talked about things like PVP or trading given how long they're taken to implement? Niantic said, well, we had, well, had we not had to divert resources to infrastructure versus features, I think we would have had some of those things out earlier. I don't know. If we had known we were going to have those delays, maybe we wouldn't have talked about them so much. Although it's important to let people know what you're thinking about certain things and that you're building towards them, even if they're not immediately available. I think early on between ourselves, the Pokemon company, and Nintendo, There wasn't really a consensus about how to communicate with players on forums, Reddit, Twitter, and other social media platforms. With our previous game, Ingress, we were very communicative with the players and very open. On a side note, I heard Ingress players say, that's not 100% true, but okay. Niantic says, and we weren't as communicative and open in the beginning of Pokemon Go because that was sort of a new process for our partners. I think we've become much more open over time, which I agree with, and I think that really helps make the community happier by us being present and talking about what's going on more. Has there been a sizable effort internally to fight cheating from the outside? It definitely seems like a lot of effort was put forward. Niantic says, we dedicate resource to it for sure. There are some people working on the the team that could be working on other features, but they're not implying they're working on this. It's a fraction of the team. It's not half the team that's working on it, but it's significantly less than that, but there is a chunk of resources we devote to cheating. And then finally, the final question, I skipped some. Uh, what do you think is the most important update or changes you've made to the game with regards to keeping player feedback coming back regularly? W- with regards to keeping players coming back regularly. Niantic said, if I had w- to single out one, it's the gyms and raid update that we just put out it really is the nurse it really is the first new mechanic that gives players the motivation to keep playing to keep leveling up pokemon and to continue to get out there and be active the collecting mechanic was something that was really the heart of the game and still is the heart of the game for new users but this improves the game for other players for players that have reached a certain level i think that's the single biggest change Because of the challenge and the opportunity of the fun that it presents to more experienced players. And also it's designed to encourage cooperative play, which is the core to our mission. So there you go. That's the interview that you can read the rest of it on um, The Verge. You guys have any feedback regards to that? I know they mentioned the Pokemon company and Nintendo and they mentioned that collecting was important and pretty much all the Pokemon things you would expect, but...
1: Yeah, I'm I'm doing very poorly at the collecting aspect. I just looked at my Pokedex and, phew, I got a ways to go.
0: What's
2: What's your Dex number?
1: Uh, I have caught fifty five. Okay, I think I'm about the to on- catch this hoot hoot though.
2: <laughs> I think the only uh, bit that I disagree with is is their claim that about how uh, basically defending themselves for <laughs> for saying that there was going to be trading and battling way back way before you know it's those features still don't exist and don't look like they're going to for a long time um when when the representative said something along the lines of uh, oh it's good to just let everybody know what's coming down the pipeline i find that to be a strange response given that it doesn't even seem like it was in the pipeline at that point because it's 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 been so long it's there's a point at which it is kind of disingenuous to um, market your game in that way when that's so far off into the horizon you know i don't know yeah
1: so this is typical tech executive speak um and i i have for, had firsthand experience with this where you know a tech executive will actually ask the people who do operational work oh you know do you think we could have player versus player battles in pokemon go and the operational people would be like yeah sure we can do that And then the tech executive takes that immediately to mean by next week (laughs) versus the three years given the resources you've provided us that will be required to actually deliver that. You know, tech executives, they're morons (laughs) and you just can't take them for much.
0: I think that's a good point that Will makes as somebody who works on a company's website as my nine to five job. There's always there's like this big not disconnect, but maybe not full understanding of how things are done tech-wise with the website. When I'm in a meeting and a group of people say, hey, we want to do with this with the website. Is that possible? The answer is yes, definitely. But they're never thinking about... Their, I, I, th- I think what they're thinking is, oh, Steve's going to say no because of this, this, and this. When in reality... Anything is possible on a on a website. If you want this drop down on all the product pages to have customers sign up for a subscription or something, sure, I can do that. But I don't. But the people asking the question are more concerned with the no or yes instead of instead of how much time it would take. So or time and resources, right.
1: right? They they don't think about time and resources. So
0: I can say yes and then follow up. But that's going to take, I don't know, let's just say three months to implement. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, is that worth our time? Because, hey, if it's going to take me three months and I'm the only person here, I can't work on these other projects that you've suggested in the past because I can't do both at once. Well, maybe I can, but this is just an example. So I would imagine the same conversations happened here where, hey, can we do trading? Yeah, totally. Except if we do trading, it's going to take this long to implement where that person just heard, hey, we can do, they said we can do trading, so let's tell our customer base that we can do it. That makes sense.
1: I, I, I'd say I would give you two, um, and if somebody wants to become a tech executive, here's, here's your guidelines on two things that you need to have as part of your personality to be a successful tech executive. Oh, no. Number one, uh, willful ignorance about the realities of what it takes <laughs> to bring a product to the market. And even if somebody comes to you and gives you a step-by-step explanation of what it's actually going to take to bring something to market, like a a second later, you just forget that and remain ignorant of it. And two, the ease and great ability to take credit for other people's work and feel a lot of satisfaction in the work that other people have accomplished for you. Is that bitter? (laughs) Did that sound
2: bitter? Sounds just like a really great industry. It sounds like a great industry that maybe like everybody's gonna have a great time in.
0: Yeah, totally. There's a part in the interview that I skipped over because the overall the question wasn't that interesting. The answer wasn't that interesting, but the the response was pretty much. Niantic said they're six months behind with everything. So what that means is this gym and raid update should have been six months ago, and Generation Two should have been six months ago from when it came out and. Whatever update, other updates they did, just think of it as those updates were extremely late to what their original map or game plan said. So while I believe that trading in PvP is still coming, which is, which is fine. I think that's all right. There are still questions that have not been answered, which I think are more important. So in the, in the sense of PvP, what is the benefit of that? Like, what as, what happens with players that makes that compelling or fun to do? Because I'll be the first one to get up and say, while I like the concept of gyms and raids, and I love the meeting new people, and I definitely, like, three days ago, did a Venusaur raid by myself and five other strangers, and we were all talking, and they were all really great and really nice, and we talked about going to Pokemon Go Fest, and one of the guys... It was really funny because after we finished the raid, one of the guys was like, who's PKMN cast? Like, what? And I was like, oh, that's, that's me. That's my username. And they're like, like the podcast? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I do a Pokemon podcast. They're like, oh, my gosh, I listened to that. And I was like, oh, whoa, that's really cool. Um, and we talked for a little bit. So everything about gyms is so great. Like, what I just said, the meeting new people, the cooperation, the, the going out and doing it, like, it's all great, but the actual battle is the most non-substance boring thing in the world of just tap as fast as you can, you could dodge if you want to, but what does it matter, I have 700 revives, <laughs> who cares, it's just not enjoyable, but the concept's there. So when you tell me that, hey, we're working on PvP, I, I, what is the benefit there? Like what?
1: I, I'm sure they'll think of something. That I, I can beat you in a battle and then say that I am better
0: than you. Yeah. What, what more do you need? I don't know. But, it, but is it I can beat you in a battle, or is it who spent more time with Pokemon Go and who tapped faster?
1: I mean, what's the difference, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly.
0: And I I would hope that trading is coming. And they said that it... it. I mean, they, they didn't say they're canceling it. But I, I do think that they have to put more efforts. Or they have to really figure out a way to get rid of the cheating that has already existed. And you're going to always have cheaters on online games. Like, I'm sure that they're still cheating in Overwatch and Counter-Strike and whatever other games that are out there. But... At least I don't want, and I'm sure other people don't want, a situation like the mainstream Pokemon games where I'm to the point in the mainstream games where I'm scared to do wonder trading because I don't know if I'm getting legit or non-legit Pokemon. And I, and while some people don't care, I do care. I don't want an action replayed red Gyarados in my Pokemon bank. I
1: agree.
2: Now, why would you use a cheating device (laughs) to get a red Gyarados? (laughs) The most common, the shiny everyone has. If they they were like, hey, we want
0: to do trading, we haven't mastered the cheating aspects of it, I will wait till that has been mastered. Well, just never trade with anybody with an Android device. (laughs) Uh, So what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break. I just want to run down the two winner or the winner of the Masters video game competition the Masters TCG comp- competition so we'll run down those after break we'll do a couple emails and then Travis has our Pokemon of the week so we'll k- take a quick break and we'll be right back after this bangin'. banging. Bangin', bangin', bangin'.
2: Banging. Banging and banging. Clanging banging.
0: it, bang it. and banging.
2: Clanging and
0: banging. Clanging and banging. Clanging and 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 we are back from our break. Let's talk about some TCG Masters division.
2: Yeah, I'll be right back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to be talking about Masters. So the Master champion sh- the, the Champion for the TCG Masters division is Tord Recklev. And the runner-up was John Kettler. And the decks being used for that. Tord from Norway was running Drampa, Garboder, and Tapu Lele, GX. And John Kettler was running Decidui, VioPlume, Shaman EX, Lugia EX, and Tapu Lele. Hmm. And if we jump over to the VGC, the Master Division there, the winner was Christopher Kahn. And the runner up was Paul Chow. And Christopher Khan of Australia was running Porygon 2, Tapu Coco, Gyarados, Arcanine, Garchomp, and Snorlax. And the runner up, Paul, was running Alolan Ninetales, Garchomp, Arcanine, Tapu Coco, Celestila, and Snorlax.
1: So I wonder if the junior winner, Nicholas Kahn, is related to the Masters winner, Christopher Kahn. Interesting. They both have the same last name. And it's not a common last name.
0: Uh, they're both from Australia.
1: Oh, that seals it.
0: That seals the deal.
1: Australians are cheaters.
0: So I am, this has been said on the show, I am not really into competitive VGC, but when I look at this, Travis, correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm seeing four Pokemon that are the same between this. Tapu Koko, Gyarados, Arcanine, and... Wait, sorry, not Gyarados. Garchomp, Arcanine, Snorlax, and Tapu Koko. If I'm not mistaken, Garchomp has pre- been pretty dominant in every, every single year. I feel like Garchomp has
2: made it to the end. I mean, Garchomp is quite a large boy. Garchomp is kind of the, this has just for a long time, been sort of the go-to for, like, I need a big dragon that can deal a lot of damage and be fairly fast. Um, The typing is pretty good.
0: I mean, there's a lot of big dragons. There's Salamence, there's
2: Dragonite. Right, but being able to have, like, a same type attack bonus, Earthquake, and just the base stats are kind of what you want them to be for that niche. Like, it's a very strong pocket monster. What's
0: what's the what is Garchomp's foil? What one Pokemon
2: destroys Garchomp instantly? Well you want to talk about Alolan Ninetales? Like, I mean that's that's in there. I mean it's it's uh any any ice type move, right? Um 'cause mo because like most Garchomps um aren't running the ice Defense Berry, whatever, um, whatever that one is, um, and Alolan Nine Tails uh, outspeeds Guard Trump, so just use Blizzard, and it's probably gonna be dead.
0: Tapu Koko, I think
2: every single team had Tapu Koko. What's your analysis on that? I mean, Arcanine is more common, but Tapu Koko is like probably the second most used Pokemon. Why?
0: I guess is it is it electric terrain? Is it? it's uh, i feel
2: like i saw that z move out of everyone else's z move more i mean it's kind of like any pokemon that can set up some type of uh stage effect that benefits itself immediately is probably gonna be good tapu koko's speed is like better than pretty much anything else in the format like i can't think of a single pokemon that is used that really outspeeds it, and speed is um, very important. Mm-hmm. So, having a Pokemon with 130 base speed, which is wild uh, to begin with, um, and then the fact that it sets up a terrain bonus that increases its already pretty strong, same type attack bonus uh, moves like that's pretty good. Both Gyarados
0: and Arcanine. From Christopher's team, the winner here. Both with Intimidate.
2: I've watched right, so yeah. many... I mean, that's why Arcanine is the most used Pokemon in the format. is primarily because of Intimidate. And just because Arcanine has is kind of uh, flexible in, in terms of a lot. You can do a lot of things with that Pokemon. Yeah. Since Black and White, being at the
0: National Championship for Black and White, seeing intimidate be used a lot there seeing it being used a lot throughout every single tournament
2: just seems like people really like that ability because it's well and really good like it's people probably hate that ability because it's everywhere i mean it's just kind of like the best ability to have in terms of doubles uh, especially if there are a lot of physically attacking pokemon in the format like um that's one of the reasons why even though Tapu Koko has higher physical attack than special attack, virtually every Tapu Koko you're going to see is actually a special attacking one because it's like, well, I mean, you can basically say any physically attacking Pokémon actually has half that attack because it's going to be struck by an intimidate the second it runs in.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the nice thing about intimidate is it hits both of your opponents mm-hmm. immediately, right? And you can swap in and out, and every time you come back in with intimidate, it hits again. it's very free and it's very widespread uh I can say that um if anybody wants my secret rare Garboder uh t c g card, I'm sorry somebody's already claimed it. <laughs> it's real cute, it's got that gold border.
0: I missed most of the most of the t c g stuff I do plan on rewatching it, but will, did you have anything? TCG-wise, did you look over any of these cards or anything?
1: No, no, I haven't had a chance to look at it. I got to focus on the other TCG. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's taking up
1: all my time, man. There's, there's stuff going on there left and right.
0: Yeah. So the runner-up, uh, John Kettler, in the, t- in the TCG was running a card I'm pretty familiar with, and this card was still in the format when I was playing Shaman EX. It has the ability set up When you play this Pokemon from your hand onto your bench, you may draw cards until you have six cards in your hand. Any card in the TCG that lets you draw more cards or search for more cards is pretty valuable. Most, there's so many exceptions in the TCG. I would say that most supporter cards, which you're allowed to play one of those cards a turn, are extremely powerful. Usually, you want to play one supporter per turn. Now, the the flaw to that is if you don't have a supporter to play, you're almost, not always, but almost at somewhat of a disadvantage because the the Pokemon TCG is all about going through your deck as fast as possible and finding exactly what you need. So the great thing about Shaman EX is if you have a trainer card, which you're allowed to play unlimited of, those are great, but not nearly as powerful as supporter cards. So, for example, if you've already played a Supporter that turn, and you didn't get what you needed, you could play a Trainer card, uh, and there are a couple of Trainer cards that let you just search for Pokemon. So you could play a Trainer card, search for Shaman, play Shaman. Now, Shaman has the ability that lets you draw until you have six cards in your hand. So, in doing so, uh, you can fill back up your hand really great. It's also really good if somebody plays an N. And you're close to winning. So let's say you have one prize and they have six prizes. They play an end. They get six cards. You get one card. So it's a really great way of filling back up your hand and using a trainer card to ultimately get what is a supporter type ability, which is refilling your hand. And then for Tord, who is the winner, he play Garbodor, and there, there are two different types he u- he uses, but one of them specifically has the ability, uh, which is if this Pokemon has a Pokemon Tool card attached to it, each Pokemon in play, in each player's hand, and each player's discard pile has no abilities except for Garbodor's ability. So what it really does is it shut downs everyone else's abilities, uh, which is critical, especially if the rest of your cards in play have no abilities which seems to be the case since their main card was drampa gx which doesn't have any abilities Uh, but shutting down if your opponent's deck is very focused on abilities you're shutting all those abilities down and not hurting yourself because you're not dependent on abilities and that was your winning deck so there you guys go there was some tcg talk i know a couple of you've been asking for it will and i used to play so regularly, and we haven't played recently, but I'm still familiar with what these cards do.
1: Yep, just wait till I move to Milwaukee. We'll get back on that pony.
0: Also, the great thing about the Pokemon TCG is, even if you've only played for, like, one format cycle, the TCG is so... it's, It's so similar to the video game in the aspect of while you may get different Pokemon with different moves... The abilities that exist in the game, just like the video game, are still extremely similar. Like the Shaman card, or like Garb Order, or in the past, I want to say it was Vileplume that did the same thing as Garb Order? Where uh, or almost, something similar. Almost yeah. every single Garb Order card has the ability to shut down either items or tools or abilities. It shuts down something, so even though we stepped away from the format. You can look at these cards and go, "Oh, this Garbador is just like Vileplume Plume from X set or oh, this shaman card is exactly like the shaman card from 10 years ago." <laughs> they just changed yeah, they just change a couple of things.
1: Except for anything that they identified that was clearly broken, right? Cuz there's like a Machamp card out there that's an older Machamp card <laughs> where it was like anything that is a basic, it doesn't even have to attack, it's an automatic knockout. And You know, in a format where it was all EXs and GXs that are all basics anyways, you can't have that because that just becomes unfair.
0: A lot of trainer cards are extremely similar. Like Professor Sycamore is just like Professor Juniper and has existed since black and white. They continue to print and make that card. (laughs) Let's do a couple emails here. You can shoot those emails over to sbj at pkmncast.com or you can go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit the contact button. First email is from Michael. Hey, I am Michael from Southington, Connecticut. And first, I wanted to say how much I love the podcast. It's great. Second question is... or Well, first wasn't really a question, but second question in... Uh, is if you could be any Pokemon type based on your personality, what
2: type would you be, Michael? I think we've had this question before, right? And I made some joke about that my soul is ice cold. <laughs> I'll do a different answer. Um, is it though, Travis? Ugh. I've known you for
0: so long, and you're
2: maybe, well. Maybe you are just an <laughs> yeah. Try to try to think of it. I am not. I am not. <laughs> I mean I I do think that is a a decent answer given that I am not a very I would um, say you're a caring person. I do I do care for people but but like I don't
0: Also when I think it's of ice that I cold, actually I, I
2: I think of like rude
0: people or people that are are very selfish or self-centered and I I don't feel like you
2: are rude, selfish or self-centered. Well thank you. Maybe in maybe instead I would be something like uh maybe then a a, a ground type because i i tend to um because where what i was getting at is that like i don't socialize very much um okay I'll, i'll stick underground uh and be hanging out by myself you and i had a conversation recently like you know the fact that i talk to you two every week is like more than i talk to like any of my like any of my friend groups and like to, for some people that would be like you only talk to your friends once a week that's wild for me it's like wow once a week that's a lot of time with anybody <laughs> yeah and i mean like that's i i i tend to to be a a bit of an um isolated person so so maybe ground fits my tendency to sort of go underground socially okay
1: i'd have to say grass type because i love nature
2: because you love being dirty?
0: Yes,
1: I love rolling <laughs> in filth. That exactly me. That's why I love grass type.
0: You don't see? now I'm questioning your guys' personality choices because besides like running outside and like being Be- out-
1: in parks on dirt trails. Yeah. Okay. Yes, continue.
0: So you're you're not a you're not a sidewalk runner? Is that what you're saying? Uh, uh, only when
1: necessary, but also right. Remember where I live, literally inside a park, because I love being surrounded by trees and grass and animals and nature.
0: Okay, good answer. I would probably say that I'm a fire type, because I feel like anytime time I have a conversation with people, it becomes an argument or a debate.
2: <laughs> I disagree. Oh,
1: so true. <laughs>
0: Uh, and I'm pretty passionate about what I believe in, or what my opinions about the are.
2: The garbage opinions you have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah, I would say that's a very fiery personality. Yeah,
1: fire dark because you also cheat in your argument. Cheat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You about will that. never.
1: You will never admit when you're wrong. You I don't just agree to this. The framework. You change the framework. Mm.
2: Uh, listen back to that to that uh, top ten Pokemon episode where everyone was saying no, Ominite probably shouldn't be in there. No. And Mike you just was didn't stop. Michael was on
0: my no, side. Michael was on my side. Now, Michael's account.
2: I,
1: I have a more recent example. We were having a discussion and Steve said, name uh, a fan campaign that was ever successful. And I like p- literally posted him a web page of yes. a fan campaign that was successful to bring engaged. and his response to my posting, <laughs> a direct answer to what he said was, well, those games sucked anyways.
0: Posts, while that was true, I didn't say, prove me wrong and name one successful thing. I know that there was, it was about crowdfunding games, I think. I know there have been ones, but, like, and we don't need to talk about this.
1: <laughs> See? See?
2: Let's talk yeah. about something we can all agree on, like politics. <laughs> <laughs> which, ironically, we do all agree on, which is funny. <laughs> Jeffrey
0: writes in, Hello, I'm a really long-time listener, like, before episode 100 listener. First time writing in because the internet is complicated. As a fan of the podcast and Hoenn being my favorite region, I was wondering if you could make an episode where the main topic was everything positive about third gen. (sighs) My fellow third geners will agree that there are a lot of third gen hate, but I get over it because everyone is not the same and you guys are extremely likable. Yes, even you will. Uh, It could be a good starting point for every new Third generation fan listening to your podcast. Uh, since they are in a world of hurt again, really love really love what you're doing. Episode 69 is my favorite. I also love the entire crew. Keep up the good work. The only Jeffrey in Canada, like the Toys R Us Jeffrey. Wanna I want to pull back the curtain real quick. <laughs> pull back the curtain.
2: No, no, we are not. <laughs> we are not moving fast. <laughs> The wild thing that Will just said, which is that if someone's name is Jeffrey, they have to be the giraffe from Toys R Us.
1: Pull back the curtain. There can't geez. be
2: anyone else. <laughs>
1: Ignore the man behind the curtain.
2: <laughs> so pulling back the or curtain. the giraffe in this case. The only reason
0: Travis is moving to Canada is because Canada has no Travis' living there.
2: Right. Correct. Yeah, I need to be the only one. Right, right. Okay. Glad we. We're glad we established this.
0: How about this? How about I... In regards. Hold on. Well, hold on one second. How about instead of doing a whole episode, which we, we could do, but no promises on that, to satisfy the need of this question, why don't we all say one good thing about Generation 3 right now?
2: I, know. I i i'm thinking i can i uh, this isn't a silence of like oh I can't think of a single thing, but I'm just trying to think of what the like I'm thinking of a few things and trying to narrow it down
0: i think. I can think of a couple I'll get the easy one out of the way uh Gen three introduced double battles, which I think is one of my favorite ways to battle like i think I think the format should stay and i th- I think that the vg C format should stay double battles. I think that is the best way to competitively experience that format. And even though I complain that we see a lot of the same and similar Pokemon in a double battle format, I would fear that there would be less variety and it would be less entertaining to watch in a single battle format. And therefore, while I still enjoy The single battles, double battles is my preferred, and that was introduced in Generation Three.
2: Uh, I, I just, I'm just gonna say that the EV and IV system, um, while it gets a lot of trash, like it gets people talk trash about how complicated it is, and I agree with them. I think it's, it's uh, a heck of a lot better than the system in Generation One and Two. If just like look up. The formula it takes to determine the like the base HP stat um, for generations one and two, and you'll never um, talk. Uh, yay! Well, I guess it's bad in in it's still bad in the EV and IV system, but it's like the um, all of the math is sort of backgrounded. Whereas if you really wanted to figure out how to um, breed. Uh, like a perfect Pokemon in, in Gen 2, you had to sort of pay attention to a lot of that, whereas Generation 3 and on with the EV and IV system um, there were sort of even though there was sort of complicated math going on in the background, there was like easier math that you could do to just figure out what you needed to do and I think that's a, a solid move forward
1: So I was going to say Shedinja
2: It's a good Pokemon. There's a
0: lot of good Pokemon Real Cool Pokemon. Gen 3 Uh, This message is from Alex from Spokane, Washington. Hi, SBJ and crew with The Direct last week. You can see how behind we are with emails. (laughs) Uh, The best moment for me was when they announced Gold and Silver for the 3DS because I started out playing Pokemon with Generation 3 and missed Gold and Silver and for some reason missed the remakes. So I am very excited to play the original games, but I was wondering what are the three best and worst things about Gold and Silver? I actually did not plan for these emails to be back and back, back and uh, which, if any of you guys plan on getting and which starter would you pick? I want to pick Cyndaquil. Thank you guys for the show. Keep up the good work. P.S. I am from Spokane. Oh, there you go. Uh, Alex.
1: So we're just talking about flat gen two here, not heart, gold, soul, Yeah,
0: I would, I would assume it was flat gen two. Uh, big complaint right off the bat. No running shoes. You're walking that entire game until you get the bike. I want to remind everyone, you can't use the bike inside buildings, and you're still walking really slow. And it's so the worst.
1: Remind me... Um, wow, it just went... Did, did you known? They first appeared in Gen 2, right? Unknown? That is yeah. correct, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Is Biggest that... complaint right there. <laughs> I think... Oh, I,
2: as a kid, I loved Unknown. I thought I, I, that...
1: I think Unknown actually are what caused me to stop playing Pokemon Gold. Is it because? Like, if I were to open how? up my save file right now, I would be in whatever that ruins was, Ruins of Elf, where the Unknown are. And, yeah.
2: Nope. I love them so much because as a kid, it was, they had this weird air of mystery around them that I just yeah. found really fascinating. Um, I agree. I think, uh, in a, are we just each naming one bad thing so we don't each have to come up with... Yeah, um, it's just a three. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I can name three. I would say my main complaint about Gen 2 would probably be the um, kind of shoddy uh, time travel trading thing. It was cool to uh, make it so that you could trade back and forth between gold and silver and red and blue, uh, but it was kind of pointless because you could only trade Pokemon that you could already get in that first generation. So um, it, it was like such a hassle to be like, Oh, I guess I have to take all these new moves off of this Pokemon before I can trade it back. And it should have just been um, as they figured out later on in games, a one way uh, transaction to just trade up to gold and silver. So you didn't have to make all these Pokemon in gold and silver that you could trade you could that could exist in red and blue so that you could get your red and blue pokemon up to generation two
0: i have a good thing and a bad thing good thing day and night cycle bad thing is when that game came out as a kid i didn't get off school until three i didn't get i had to do all my homework before i could do anything else for the rest of the night which i think in retrospect was probably the right thing for my parents to do because once my, all my homework was done, I was free for the rest of the night. But normally, when that hit, it was nighttime in Gold and Silver, so I rarely ever saw the daytime, unless it was me playing on a weekend. So that was kind of a complaint.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of could have just changed the clock on your Game Boy color.
2: But that would be cheating. yeah, that would be <laughs> I.
1: Not if you changed it once and kept it consistent.
2: I would. Uh... So, I would say, I mean, I realize this is the thing that everyone says, so I'll expand on it a little bit. The just sheer amount of content in that generation is staggering compared to virtually any other generation of Pokemon. What I will, you know, people talk about the post game, which is incredible. What I will add to that, though, is that not only is it just a mountain of game for you to play, um, but it's also simultaneously the best paced pokemon game it's not like it's so much content because it takes you 20 hours to go from badge two to three or whatever um it's it's a lot of content and it moves quickly um in such a way that like whenever i say something like this and i'm just doing this to uh preempt tweets i know i'll get whenever i say that a a game a certain game in the pokemon series is paced well or isn't paced well i get i often get a lot of tweets saying like well i like to grind and i like i like spending time leveling up my pokemon and it's like yes every game allows you to do that and that can be a fun experience however when a game forces you to slow down when a when a game introduces an area whose explicit purpose is to just slow down the action of the game I don't see that as anything but bad in... Well, I, I should be clear. When its only purpose is to make something feel longer, you can you can slow something down because you have... Um, you want to have some sort of emotional or story effect behind it to make a place feel um, sort of uh, grueling, and that can add a character to a location. Um, but when the developers just want to slow you down because they want their game to feel longer... Uh, for weird marketing reasons, um, I find that c- terrible game design, and I don't think you really see uh, as much of that in Generation Two as you see in um, some of the other Pokemon generations. So I think Pokemon, or I think Generation Two is like the best paced um, generation. You know, what was really untalked about about Sun and Moon
0: is mm. no one really mentioned that it was the first Pokemon game with side quests, and they're not.
2: Well- what do you mean They're not
0: like the like when you go into a town there's in every single town there's at least one person that is like hey show me a drift loom or true. hey show me a rebombay and in reality that's the first time we got side quests in a pokemon game am i am i wrong
1: and there have been people who have said, I will trade you my X for your Y. That's true. And then true. you had to go and catch it, and then if you wanted to, but they are making it more prominent, that's true.
2: Right, so... But you could also argue that the characters that collect certain items are sort of like side quests, like, you know, give me a big mushroom and I'll give you money. Like, And they did a side have the,
1: the EV trainers to get the EV... O light is what is it called for the Z EVZ? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I was just thinking of that because when you say like, I agree with you 100%, Travis. If there is an area in a Pokemon game where all it's meant is for you to be there and battle wild Pokemon over and over until you hit a certain level so you can continue on, I agree that that is a real turnoff to the to the the game. And as as me. Because I recently went back to Black and White 2 like three weeks ago. And the big turnoff for me was I had all... I had six Pokemon, and most of them were really underleveled, and I just wanted to progress in the game. And it was hard for me to do that because these Pokemon were level, and I had to sit in cave and grind for that. Whereas if... And the the reason the reason that's the case is because I, I banked almost all my Pokemon. And then because I banked it, I couldn't bring them back over and blah, blah, blah. But if I would have just had the six starting Pokemon at the game and I would have went through naturally, for the most part, they'd be overleveled like they are in most Pokemon games. But then I, I came to thinking, if Pokemon wants you to grind, why aren't they giving you side quests like most other Role-playing games do And whether or not the side quests are good That's a good or bad That's a whole other conversation But like to send you to a certain area To do a quest Which in terms gets you a reward But also in terms Forces you to level up your Pokemon Maybe one or two levels along the way That you probably wouldn't have been doing Because it's off the beaten path Path is, is, There's value to that without making you feel like you're just grinding. Definitely. I think another good thing about Gold and Silver, this would be my last good thing, is that they take the original Pokedex and they expand onto that, whether that's like Politoed or Belossom.
2: You're talking po- uh, Pokemon with split evolutionary chains?
0: No, just how s- some Pokemon, like there's a connection between the two Pokedex numbers. I guess Belossum and, and Politoed are, are the ones I'm thinking of. Gen 4 does that even better with like Magmortar and uh, Weavile and Electiv- uh, Electivire. But then you get to like Gen 5 and Gen 6 and Gen 7, and they don't really connect back to the first four games. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see what you're saying there.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. I, I happen to disagree because I think the best thing about Gen Five is that it's almost like a standalone title. But Gen three is Well what that makes me want is, right?
1: Uh, is I want to have a, a new gen where they have like further evolutions of Gen Five Pokemon. How about that? It'll take place. Wait in till Gen, gen ten.
0: <laughs> I was I, I was thinking Ben ten? Ten? Ten two? Oh no. I was thinking of this mostly because of Pokemon Go, because I'm catching I'm catching more Magnemite because of Magnazone, and I'm catching more Electabuzz because of Electivire, and I'm catching Murkrow because of Honchcrow, and I'm thinking, all those Pokemon are in Generation 4. And Generation 3 is, for the most part, pretty standalone. Mm-hmm. And Generation 5 is standalone. And Generation 6 is standalone. And Generation 7 is pretty standalone i mean you can alolan variants really they're kind of their own thing but generation four does this great thing of going back to generation one
2: and we haven't seen that since i mean you see that i mean i would argue that alolan forms are a huge attempt at that Uh, not insignificant i i just i tend to like um games because Pokemon's trajectory as a franchise is just an arrow point. It's just a logarithmic chart just going increasingly towards complexity. Um, The games just get more and more complicated because you add more and more features and more and more Pokemon. So I tend to enjoy the titles where um, you, you don't need to worry about uh previous entries not because I don't know the content of previous entries of, of course I do because I've played all of them but if I'm trying to introduce anyone to the franchise like I'm not going to even though Gen 4 is one of my uh most appreciated generations I'm not going to give Gen 4 I'm not going to give Diamond and Pearl to someone who hasn't played Pokemon before um because like they're not going to appreciate the things that are happening with like Electivire or whatever um there are certainly games that that aim to be st- that doesn't necessarily mean like all the games that are aiming to be standalone titles are my favorites and all the ones that aren't are my least favorite. But I mean, I I do if if given the choice, I, I would prefer a game feel like it can stand under its own weight.
0: I'm not saying that every Pokemon needs an evolution down the line. Actually, quite the opposite. I think Pokemon like Lapras and Tauros like I think. They stand so solid on their own. But Pokemon that don't get a lot of love or you could see potential in, like something like a Corsola, it'd be really cool if like, hey, Generation 8, we got a Corsola evolution. Not only to like give a couple other Pokemon evolutions, but to also tie those Pokedexes together in some way, like how I felt Generation 1 and Generation 4 really tied those evolution like those dexes,
2: together in a way M-
0: maybe I'm just overthinking
2: that. No, I mean I I get your I get your perspective. I just I I just have a different preference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh let's do one more email here. This is
0: Derek from Los Angeles, California. Hey all, it's Derek from LA here or Derek is a gooner on Slack. I have two questions for everyone. While, while having a conversation with my wife, while we were on the Pokemon Go Pokewalk, we started to talk about how, how most of the main series games are based on real-life locations. Black and white in New York, X and Y France, sun and moon Hawaii, etc. And we got to talking about which geographical locations would be awesome for Pokemon games. Which city or country do you think would make a great inspiration for the next Pokemon game? Second question, I heard some of the hosts make a brief reference to ASMR throughout my time listening to the podcast. It's such a different thing that I don't feel comfortable talking about it with people. It's much easier to tell somebody I play play Pokemon with than it is that I listen to ASMR. Anyways, uh, the references made me wonder, is there anyone on the podcast who listens? Thanks for being awesome. Derek.
1: Is there anyone who listens for ASMR? Yeah. Their name is Logan Jenkins. They have a podcast called ASMR Newscast, which was discontinued.
0: I don't know. I guess I have if you like ASMR or Pokemon or whatever, I totally see the hesitation or the uncomfortableness in telling people. And I personally I feel like I've gotten past that when i started meditating i thought it was I, I, I probably felt the same way you did about asmr in the like oh people are probably gonna think i'm really weird but then i mean when it comes down to it it's not weird for people to go to a gym and work out and enhance their body slash muscles in a way clang and bang clang some would say clanging and banging uh so a meditation is really the same thing as working out your body except you're working out your mind and that's kind of how i got over that of like if somebody was to ever question my meditation i could easily give that reference point I don't know if there is one with ASMR or what it may or may not be similar to, but I I suppose, though, if you were to find a comparison, it would be very easy uh, to explain that to people.
2: I mean, one of my favorite things is to watch a YouTube channel where a man just walks around dead malls, so, like, we've all got our thing... (laughs) That's a, that's specific, I should probably, if I'm going hyper. I should probably say that's the This Is Dan Bell uh, YouTube channel. It's a, it's a man, and he walks around malls that aren't doing very well and talks about them. And it's like my favorite thing on the entire internet. <laughs> there, was, there was a point
0: in time where, this was years ago, where I was very hesitant in telling people I hosted a Pokemon podcast. But now I guess I just don't care.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm in a similar spot because like... And in a different way, because when people ask me how I met my fiancé, well, first I say, usually I'll just say, oh, um, we met over the internet, and then people will say, like, people will prod more, and then I'll say, oh, well, uh, I... Like a dating app? Like OkCupid? Okay or- no, I frequently co-host a podcast, and she listens to the show and met me through that. And they'll will be like, oh, it's a show about? Well, strap in, because it's about this great franchise from, you know, the, the the folks over in Japan are making really great video game content, and one of those franchises is Pocket Monsters. <laughs> you see, you've got these little creatures, and they can shrink down to the size of something that you can fit in your pocket. Um, you can battle and trade them. It's really fun. It's really groovy, and all the kids are digging this one. Cece, but for you, Travis... It's even easier because of the success
0: of Pokemon Go. I feel like if you were just to say, oh, it's a Pokemon podcast. How many people downloaded Pokemon Go? Like a hundred million or billion or... It's a lot of folks. A lot of folks. I would be hard-pressed to find a person that hasn't heard of Pokemon Go. That's true.
2: Well, generally the people who if i say oh we met over the internet usually younger people will be like oh cool like because they get that people can interact with each other online a lot but when but usually it's like an older person who's like oh well how does that work and i'd be like uh well do you know what a podcast is (laughs) like all right then i have to like so it's a radio it's it's like like radio but pre-recorded right and then, and then they ask like, "Oh, well, what's the show about?" <laughs> and I have to be like, "Well, you know that little Game Boy you bought me when I was a little kid, and so and so." That's not true. I would I got my Game Boy from my parents, uh, and I was very grateful. But like, you you have to. Y- it's 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 a weird cyclical thing. But I've done it so often now that it's just like the I just the script just flies out of my mouth. Well, do you have any? hobbies
0: slash interests in life that you were hesitant to tell people
1: this program (laughs) (laughs) especially after recent things in my career um yeah no because people don't right people either don't understand that pokemon is more than just a card game or more than just a pokemon go like they don't understand like how much more there is in everything that TPCI touches. So they immediately whenever i say that i'm involved in pokemon and stuff or even podcasting they like reduce it to the least uh component that they can think of that they can grasp in their own thinking and then they apply that to me rather than being open to saying oh well, this is actually something larger or has greater influence. They they just can't grasp it. Um so I, yeah, also, you know, I am the oldest person that plays Vanguard at my Vanguard League. <laughs>
0: I'm, I am so I. don't know. Going back to Derek's question, hesitant to tell people they, they listen to ASMR. And again, I don't I don't know much about that, that community or culture or hobby or however it's classified. I don't know much about it, but I would imagine that there are just like any interest or hobby how. Nietzsche or Kirk, quirky or popular or non-popular it is, I'm sure there is a forum or a subreddit or a community that you could probably go to and, and ask how to explain it to people that may not know it or what's an easy way to
2: express that that's an interest for you. I think the added difficulty that this listener would have compared to the situations we are describing is that asmr as an experience is a physical one it's like a thing that your brain does when placed in front of certain stimuli um and it's not a certain experience that everybody has so that's probably a difficult thing to like i i only barely can kind of feel weird things when asmr is happening in my ears like i i'm not you know a very strong responder to that type of thing so i've never really been that interested in it so i can only barely understand uh it so i can imagine like if someone has never heard of it like what do you mean what do you mean you know how sometimes when you're at the barber shop and then the back of your head starts to tingle (laughs) like like it's probably just a weird it's it's probably a difficult thing to describe when it's not something everyone experiences whereas everybody is familiar with things that they enjoy so it's like easier for us to say i just like these pokemon so i imagine it's more a, it's it's it would be more akin to like i don't know i i think it's it's it is a bit of a different category so um i don't quite know how to do it but i think steve you're right that um probably someone's probably got it figured out someone's probably got an elevator pitch for asmr figured out what, one would hope uh well that'll that'll do it
0: for emails if you have your own sbj at com or hit that contact button i apologize if we haven't gotten to your email yet some
2: of these emails from were from early july and oh gosh oh, i have some we didn't say what uh what Place we oh, would want a Pokemon game to be in the actual right. Pokemon question the from that Pokemon email. Question. I would say, uh, I would say Iceland would be very interesting. Mm.
1: Ooh, the land of ice and fire, absolutely.
2: I would say,
0: I would want Australia, and for there to be uh, really big cities on one side, really big cities on the other. Uh, Perth not included, and there to be <laughs> there to be, there to be like a bullet train. That goes between the two. So, really. There's not even that in real life.
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I would you, don't want you it have to, to like, take a plane?
0: Yeah, but it, you can have a train or something. It's all okay, fl- the fantasy,
2: I suppose. Yeah.
0: So, instead of like Alola having four different feels, Generation 2 having two different feels, it would m- more so resemble Generation 2 and having. The difference though is generation 2 you've already experienced that first feel. Like when you go back to canto you're like oh I've been here before. But when you take if you were to have Australia and break it up into two "quote unquote" regions or areas when taking that bullet train to the other side and I've never been to Australia so maybe actually in reality they're exactly the same but I I I I would imagine that Australian listeners would say no the other side is terrible compared to our side. Uh, taking that train to the other side and then having almost uh, a more unique area and then being excited to go back to explore the rest of the first area or something like that, that's gets at least what I would enjoy.
2: And then imagine all of the really angry, like, imagine how angry n- pe- people in New Zealand would be if New Zealand was just the post-game island. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: uh, all right, Travis, give us the Pokemon of the week. Our... Woo, what happened to my voice right there? Our Pokemon of the week this week is Pelipper. Actually pretty commonly used in VGC 2017 because as it stands, it's kind of the best option for setting up rain with its ability Drizzle. Let's go to the moveset sent in. I'm trying to pick someone. I don't know if we've featured a moveset from Riley before. No, I I don't think so. So I'm going to do that one because I I think we've uh, featured all these other folks. Um, It's going to be a Pelipper with Drizzle with the item Damp Rock, which extends the length of the uh, rain that Drizzle sets up. Uh, Drizzle, for those unaware, is an ability that sets up heavy rain when uh, Pelipper, or any Pokemon with it, uh, switches in. Uh, and Damp Rock extends the number of turns, for which that is the case. With a calm nature, and with the moveset Hurricane, Scald, U-Turn, and Roost. Uh, you can tell that this... Oh, sorry, the EV spread is 252 in HP, 252 in Special Defense, and 4 in Defense uh you can tell that this is a more uh defensive set uh so you're setting up uh rain for a couple reasons one uh because it increases the damage of your same type attack bonus scald uh but also gives you 100% accuracy on hurricane uh and then the other main reason is probably you're going to set it up with um some teammates that can uh really utilize rain so maybe something that has thunder or if you're really going um all out with the water types a common Core for VGC teams is to pair it up with Golduck, which I think we've talked about on the show before. I think we featured Golduck a few months ago. Um, that can because it has Swift Swim can get off an incredibly powerful uh, and very fast uh, Z move. But just Pelipper on its own, um, as Riley mentions, you get same type attack bonus on Scald with a nice chance to burn, uh, and actually same type attack bonus on Hurricane, uh, which has 100 accuracy with Drizzle. Um, and then U-Turn gives you the ability to do some damage and then swap out to something that can clean up a situation, uh, and then Roost is there because you've already got so much HP and defense that uh, getting half of it back is, is going to be uh, getting a lot of HP back. So that is a more uh, defensive uh, version of it. You could do other varieties, like the one we recently saw in top 10 of the tournament uh, isn't quite as defensive, so um, I don't actually have the EVs here, but I can imagine by the fact that um, it's modest nature that it would be offensively invested, Um, and that's some of the same moves, so Scald, Hurricane, uh, but then Protect, and Tailwind uh, with uh, Focus Sash as the held item, because we're not investing in bulk uh, like we were in the last set, so you want to make sure you uh live a turn to set up Tailwind which doubles the speed uh of all pokemon on your side of the field so being able to have both rain benefit all of your pokemon if if they synergize somehow whether it be because um you know they're like a grass pokemon that uh would be weak to fire and, and that fire weakness is um protected a little bit by the rain or because they have thunder and that gets 100% accuracy uh in the rain or you know, any any variety of reasons why rain would help. And then Tailwind doubling the speed of your Pokemon makes um this variety of Pelipper quite a good support Pokemon that can still deal a decent amount of damage because of the offensive investment um and the like one hundred percent accuracy hurricane. So yeah, you sort of get two varieties. They're almost both do they're kind of doing the same thing in that they're mostly there to set up rain for your other Pokemon to utilize. Um, but they're doing different things in that one is there Uh, to sort of stick around and really force the opposing team to take a lot of damage from its two same type attack bonus moves even though you haven't invested offensively Uh, so there's that defensive Pelipper and then the second one we read off um, is really more focused on making sure that Tailwind gets off and then for however many turns it uh, happens to survive after that uh, deal a little bit of damage too does that make any sense? Yes so a shiny Pelipper
0: will be have green highlights instead of the blue highlights. Which we've had the debate of the the use of green and shinies, but this is this is one of the better uses of green. Pepler, Pelipper shares the same category with Ducklet. They are both known as the water bird Pokemon. And that's all the trivia you get. <laughs> pretty <laughs> pretty short sighted there. It's like a stork, right? Yeah. Well, in the... There you go. For those that haven't watched... Albatross. ...haven't watched the Sun and Moon anime, Pokemon, like Pikachu, ride in Pelipper's mouth. And Until I, it
1: eats them. Yeah,
0: I, I think, like... I do think that Pelipper could easily swallow Pikachu if if needed. Well... Pelicans eat fish, do they not?
1: Yep. They do, so what's, but Pikachu what, is not a fish.
0: What's the difference, though? Mouse, fish, they both have tiny bones and flesh.
1: One uh, uses yeah. gills to extract oxygen from water. <laughs> uh, the other breathes air freely from the uh, the atmosphere. Fish have yeah scales. Pikachu's have
0: skin with fur. Mammal versus it sounds piscine. like Pikachu would be. It sounds like a mouse would be e- easier to eat than a fish.
1: Yeah, but not so easy to digest.
0: But how is it digesting its bones? The fish's bones, anyways.
1: I I did not say bones. Don't put words in my mouth. Fish fish have did bones.
0: You... Yeah. Don't but put
1: words the... in my mouth.
2: Let alone bones.
1: <laughs> fish fish meat. Like, bones are easy to digest for everybody except for human beings. Trust me. Dogs do it all the time. Um, <laughs> fish meat, fish muscle is much easier to digest than a uh, mammal muscle. Okay. Than meat. So, that's why sushi goes down so smooth, but mm. you got to cook that beef.
0: No, thank you. Do I
1: do like eating raw beef? No, Have, thank have you, you ever had a sushi? Have you ever had a delicious, like, slice of toro? No.
0: totally it's, tor- it's good. No, I, I can't eat anything that comes from the sea.
1: No, no, no. No, you can. What? <laughs> you choose not to.
0: It's, it's the smell alone that makes me want to gag. Why are you smelling your food?
1: Why are you feeling food with your mouth? Isn't, Why are isn't, you smelling your food?
0: Isn't food like 70% smell? Isn't that something that somebody no. said and food then no is... one did research on and then so people just say it? Yeah, like food you only is use something you put in your mouth. You yeah, but that's chomp been, that's been unproven. That's been unproven. Um, what was I going to say? You,
1: you, oh, you just got to expand, expand your horizons.
0: Speaking of the Pokemon anime, I do a weekly Pokemon anime podcast with Irene, where we cover the Sun and Moon anime. I think we're on episode six. So, if you're interested in the Pokemon anime, I know some of you are, some of you aren't. Uh, you can become a Patreon backer. To do so, that anime is only as of right now through accessible through Patreon, Patreon.com slash it's super effective. For four dollars a month, you can get that brand new podcast with all the episodes already, and all future episodes. Four dollars a month comes to a dollar a week. So if you want to support us somehow, it also gets you access to our wonderful Slack community. And that is my Patreon pitch for this episode.
1: And I would say that the um uh, a lowland Vacation podcast is far superior to this one.
0: I don't know it, about that. It's got
1: Irene on it. It's got Irene on <laughs> it and she's just a joy and a pleasure. So there you go.
0: She's very positive on the show. Uh, as, as I feel like I'm more positive on the show, there's out of the, the six or seven episodes we've watched, there's only one episode that I didn't enjoy and I think that's the most recent epi- episode about Sophocles. But some quick house cleaning uh, I will be at Pokemon Go Fest. Uh, we have not decided what the actual plans for that is. I know there are it's super effective listeners going. I know there are a bunch of people in the Pokemon community that might be m- well known that are going. So I don't know what's going to actually happen there, but as we get closer to that, I'll announce something. Twitter wise, uh, Travis is at the Travis W. I am at dragging a lake. Will is at washing the sink. We have a subreddit, reddit.com slash it's super effective. If you are, uh, if you are very active in Reddit, if you want to help see that community grow, there are, there are 300 plus people there. Uh, let me know, uh, because I am, I am into Reddit as well, but I don't understand everything about Reddit when it comes to like recurring daily posts and stuff like that. So if you're interested in helping out, let me know and, uh, we can, we can help. Build up that community even more. Review us in iTunes. I haven't said that in a while. If you like the show and you haven't done so already, uh, going to iTunes and reviewing us really helps out. Really helps with the search engine and other people finding the show and rankings in iTunes. So just search for PKMN Cast or It's Super Effective in iTunes. Or I think just Pokemon Podcast will also get you the first hit on the show. So that would be really helpful. And... Our, oh, the final bit of news, which I think is probably the most important, is it's super effective. We'll be celebrating seven years at the end of the month, July twenty ninth, right? Well, yeah, my birthday. Yeah, I think the show actually started July twenty eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Or I don't, I can't remember which one went first. Something went live on July twenty eighth. I don't know if it was the website or the podcast. I want to say it was the podcast, and then. On August 2nd, the other one went up, which I think was the website. But I'm pretty sure on July 29th, which is my birthday, I'm going to do something regarding live streaming slash possible other live stuff. And there are a couple things that I have that, that could be done. I have a way to stream GameCube games. So, possibly Pokemon Coliseum or Gale of Darkness were something I was thinking of because those are kind of story ish games. Uh, I also have a copy of Leaf Green, which would be kind of cool because I have the Game Boy player for uh, the GameCube. I can get those Pokemon from Leaf Green to Sun and Moon. It's You got to transfer It'll take through.
2: you a day. <laughs>
0: So that would be kind of cool, especially since because I can transfer them over, uh, it would be cool to have community participation of naming Pokemon and catching Pokemon and building a team and doing something of that sort. I am not a fan of streaming anything emulated because while that may be easier, I think it is important to be able to get those Pokemon to Sun and Moon and possibly out to viewers slash listeners. I think there's value to that. So, while we, while we laugh and how terrible that transfer system is, it can be done. <laughs> Otherwise, there are, there, there are other Pokemon games that can be streamed, too. But I do want to do somewhat of a celebration that day of seven years. I think that's a long time, and I think that would be... You're
1: incorrect. A century is a long time.
0: All right. Well, let's cancel everything. We'll see you guys in three more Good. years. Good. Otherwise, I think that's our episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening if you made it this far. I know this was a longer episode for the amount of Pokemon Go stuff we had, but this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are
2: Super Effective super
1: Secret Rares.
2: that dog clean in 2017 if you like cats motorcycles computers video games comic
0: books you can head over to drunkontacos.com one of our patreon sponsors of the show that's drunkontacos.com thank you so much for listening to it's super effective